This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bald Move Prestige. This is the, the podcast where we talk about only the most serious, uh, well-respected, hallowed films. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about 1993's Basic Instinct. Uh, which I apologize for because I was under the mistaken impression that this was actually taken seriously by people back in the day. Uh, <laughs> well, it's think, one of those I things where true. I was in I was in high school and everyone was talking about this movie and how yeah. shocking it is and how controversial it was and it looked you know every time I saw this and 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 uh, the 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 commercials for it and seen it discussed it always looked slick and well made and very adult so I thought that meant it was a good movie. I have not seen it. I've not ever seen the film until just just the last 24 hours. And I'm here to tell you it's not really a serious film. Uh, I, I should have known it directed by Paul Verhoeven. He of Robocop, of Total Recall, of Showgirls, of Starship mm. Troopers, of Hollow Man, that this would be a deeply subversive and. Um, what do you call it? A, a, a parody? No, not a parody. A satire, deeply satirical film. And just the Americans of the 90s could not possibly get it. It, it uh, definitely wants to be serious. Like the satire you're taking out of it, I'm pretty sure is all you. It's not Paul. Really? Really? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Th- then he must believe at some level that men are just ridiculous. Uh, you know, like because like all of the I mean, male figures totally in recall. this film are completely ridiculous, non-serious yeah. people. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, on the other hand, I had a real hoot in in watching it on that layer of kind of irony. Like there was parts I just laughed out loud. I couldn't believe what they were trying to get away with. Uh-huh. Um, it's also this is like a, this is just a well shot cinema skinamax film. Like there is so much full nudity fucking in this film. Yeah, every other scene. It's it's yeah. not. It it doesn't feel quite like, oh, we need an excuse for them to fuck in this scene. So let's just uh-huh. make it happen. It, it doesn't feel right. quite like that, but it's borderline. It's paced. It's paced deliberately. The, the, the every 15 minutes you, as you get bored, it's like, here comes the skin. Here comes. Yeah. I got to see Michael Douglas contract throat cancer in real time. Uh, I, I got to see his, him hang dong for a second or two. <laughs> sure. Got to see it. Uh, it's very rare you see male penises in films, especially this year. I got to see a dead dong. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> seen a, a dead dong. Uh, dong with, with gore. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a great time watching the film for the first time. I don't think as intended, maybe. But what did you think of Basic Instinct? I think this movie is trying to be. Way more clever than it actually ends up being. Am I am I wrong in thinking that like we're supposed to understand that she's been planning this murder for five years or planning this relationship with him for five years. And she did it because he's a shooter. He's a, he's a guy who will murder it, and that she, so when did he get, did, did, I thought he killed his first person like three years ago. Was it five years? Cause yeah, it does. It does seem like that that's one of the possible interpretations of this. Or, or she's been building like this weird, I don't know, uh, 
psychopath identity for five years and maybe she's been following him for a year after learning about his shooting proclivities but like in my opinion she is like grooming him to become her next murder buddy i i don't know because like roxy feels like a murder buddy and this old woman who murdered her family feels like a murder buddy because i said is she because like i right i i don't want to get into spoilers because i don't want to turn people off who are like us and you know this is movie is a little too old for them and they haven't seen it and they want to have a hoot with it um i will say it's it's like um pretty offensive even in the time and it's like stereotypical depiction of like lesbians and bisexuals as yeah. you know evil depraved murder monsters so but like there's lots. a couple of, yeah like two years ago i saw camp sleepaway camp or camp sleepaway which has a wildly insensitive portrayal of transgender people oh but right. like it's so bad it's like if if a, if a trans director made that exact movie today in the exact same style people would would, would hail it as high camp um so it's like if you can like put that mindset on it's like this is so bad it's actually hilarious in context of 2021 it, it's kind of like that yeah. but i do yeah there's a lot of that there's a lot of murder there's there's non-consensual sex there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on here michael douglas is a fully insane person and that's i think what verhoven was trying to get at the fact that these people are like the same right you know uh, and, and their their attraction to like death and adrenaline and seeking like uh, they they put Paul Paul Verhoeven is not a very subtle man. He puts Hellraiser in the background, a movie all about demons. A movie all about demons who have been so obsessed with sex and pleasure and decadence that they get warped into a hell. Dem- it's fucking Warhammer. Um, these are demons of Slanesh, uh, that, that just haven't ascended to, to demonhood yet. Um, and like I said, I, it's, I think it's interesting and, and funny, honestly, hilarious at parts from that perspective, but, but, but um, it's also like kind of sloppy in, in telling you that story. I don't feel like it really definitively <laughs> states that ever. It's more like you're left to sort of piece that together via a few plot points that are delivered in really sort of mishmash haphazard kind of way i think that's a verhoven's deal like is starship troopers a takedown of fascism or is it like a uh lauding it as the ideal it's it's kind of what baggage you take into the film is is you know robocop uh condemnation of fetishistic violence and community rotten despair or is it kind of like a super right wing we just need super cops to give us ruthless justice and clean up the cities like you know, I and I feel like basic instincts the same way. It's like if you take a lot of, you know, phobias and uh, hatred towards certain classes of people and the, uh, different sexes, then, you know, this is going to be like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but if you don't, it's 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 a uh, so that's what I'm saying. But is, is it sloppy? Because um, I felt another thing like halfway through this movie, I felt like this feels like I'm getting jerked around in exact the same way I felt. When I was watching the usual suspects hmm. and just like the usual suspects, when I got to the ending, I kind of laughed out loud, like seriously. And I got to this part, like Roger Ebert wrote a two star review. Of this film might be the most savage two star review I've ever seen him. write. He's he summed up the film. Thus, this film is like a crossword puzzle. It keeps your interest until you solve it. Then it's just worthless, a worthless scrap with the, the, the squares filled in. Mm hmm. 
And like, yeah, this is a film that like unless you're going to watch your favorite scene to kind of like, you know, help you along. I don't know why you would ever go back and watch this to be like, oh, what's the truth? Because it's almost like the film at the end literally flips a coin and it's like, ah, landed up on heads. And then but what if it was tails? It's such a weird device. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I I don't think I can say more that heavy spoilers. And and that's part of what I what I mean by it feels sloppy. I know that the writer of this wrote it in 13 days and they called in. uh, Another uh, fairly popular writer um, to kind of. Uh, n- not fix the problems of it, but like do re- some rewrites on it. And they eventually yeah, some ended basic up connective tissue. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the original guy quit because they wanted to change some of his, uh, uh sexier scenes to be less sexy or something. <laughs> I don't know. And, and so he, he quit. They brought in a dude who tried to rewrite it four times. They eventually said, you know what? Those scenes actually work. Let's keep them in. Our scenes are stupid. And they reverted back to like the original script. But this whole thing was written in 13 days. It feels like it was written in 13 days. Yeah. Like somebody had a, a series yeah. of clever ideas for twists and and ways to like keep the suspense going and then didn't like write a very tight ending to this thing. Yeah, somebody had a, the weirdest Angela Lansbury boner and wanted to <laughs> just, just write some hot murder she wrote slash fiction. Um, yeah, that's... That might be a good. Call. Also, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting that this movie had a battle to get an R rating. They had to take, I think, seventeen seconds out of the movie to secure the R rating. Um, huh. but yet they 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 uh, they still they still rape Gene Triplehorn, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like uh, you could another two seconds and you could remove the non consensual part of that scene. It's it's a weird it's it's a weird movie and it's a weird time because I remember that was like constantly um, like I think it was this and the crying game and some others were just like constantly these movies like, oh, they're going to get an X rating. They're going to have to be released in the porno theaters. That'll be bad. Showgirls is like that, too, right? Show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Verhoeven strikes again. Mm -hmm. Werehoven might be Werehoven. I've never actually heard it pronounced. It could be. Um, Uh, It's interesting to me that Michael Douglas picked this movie to do because he had kind of a run of these sort of mystery thriller kind of movies mm-hmm. like when i was watching this i very much felt like i'm watching the game except with a uh, naked sharon stone in it um because <laughs> the game is is like the world is pulling one over on him or or this company that his brother signed him up for uh to you know re restart his life because he's like this recluse guy mm-hmm. uh is basically pulling the same shit like fucking with his mind making him question what's real or not uh i guess michael douglas must like these sorts of films well does he or do you just get typecast in a certain way it's like you do one you do one like where you got a femme fatale and you're the predator and she's the or vice versa and then it's like oh well that worked and people really liked it i do think it's wild that like michael douglas is such a sex symbol like it would be like if Al Pacino became a big or, or um, Gary Oldman became a, a sex symbol. Like I've yeah. seen them in sexy things for sure. Mm-hmm. But like he was a no like I my mom had the fucking vapors for this guy in this era. <laughs> trying to think if I've seen Gary um, Oldman in something sexy. Vamp, vamp, Dracula. Yeah. Dracula is Dracula. The, literally uh-huh. the, only, the only thing I think Sid Nancy's a little he's a little sexy in that. Um I haven't seen that, but 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 Dracula is the one I can think yeah. of where like I've definitely heard a lot of women say, oh, yeah, Gary Oldman did it for me when I was a teenager. But hmm. um, 
not in real life, just in the film. It's like Nick Nolte what? becoming a sex symbol. I don't know. This movie, I, I, not... <laughs> I, I just can't why see could, it. Why couldn't I be a sex symbol, Jim? <laughs> um, I... I think this movie was this movie looks incredible. It was shot by uh, Jan DeBont or might be Jan DeBont, um, who um, did the cinematography for, for Die Hard, also jumped um, into the director's chair for Speed Twister, The Haunting. He's got kind of like this very slick, kinetic um, style, stylish. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, I think we talked about it before this. We recorded a podcast like this has a distinctly 90s look. For sure. Um, I just but film not, stock that, and, and stuff like that. Is it that. the film or is it just the like, because you said the same thing about the the professional Leon. And is it is uh, it the film stock or is it just like the clothes? Because this movie is aggressively 90s yeah. in its, its dress and style. Yeah, like high fashion when you get to the the uh, Sharon Stone stuff, like very, very yeah. like high fashion 90s stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cutting edge Beverly Hills kind of stuff. But I thought the film looks great. Um, it mm-hmm. is consistently visually interesting. Uh, the sex scenes are, you know, like I said, it's about the well, most well lit and shot smut I've ever seen. Uh, did we talk about the full cast? You got Michael Douglas, you got Sharon Stone, um, who had taken this role after 14 other actors said, no, thank you. Um, yeah. We can talk a little bit about this, too. Uh, there's some controversy about the stuff that went on the set with her. Um, stars Gene Triplehorn. And Wayne Knight, mm-hmm. uh, Newman, and Stephen Tobolowski yeah. uh, has some brief uh, cameo performances, too. Very young, early work from these gentlemen. It's, it's got a lot of cameos of people that I recognize from the 90s. Like the, the shit weasel mm-hmm. vice president from Independence Day is in there uh, for right. a minute or two. Uh, Skinner from X-Files is in there for a second or two. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, and then the the dude who people recognize as Kruger from Seinfeld plays Nielsen, the the internal affairs guy. Mm. Uh, yeah, th- those were the people I picked out. Yeah, there's a lot of those those guys in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, oh I will say that like um, I I'll go ahead if you have a thought. I, I was gonna say I think this movie looks better than it sounds. And it's interesting because people Mm. probably recognize the name, Jerry Goldsmith. He's Mm -hmm. done many things, including the star Trek, uh, next generation theme, like a lot of iconic music. I think the soundtrack in this, the score is too much. It's just like, let off the gas for a second, Mr. Goldsmith. Like I get you're doing something different than what you usually do. You got this neo-noir thriller thing that, yeah, you're leaning into but slash porno soundtrack yeah <laughs> right right and you're excited about that and he uh-huh. after the fact said this was his best work to date and i'm like what? I, I don't know about your best work it's certainly your most work you you put in yeah. the most time on this thing but <laughs> he watched it over and over again i don't like it's, it i think it's too much it, it, there's no it pacing too there's much. no audio pacing in this thing Especially since, man, this film is just like there's so many jerky around near death scenes and he is right there with the orchestra at max, you know. Yeah. Like if if this was a horror movie, every time a cat jumped out, it would be preceded by like every string in the house. And the saxophones. <laughs> that, 
and you know, and then it would just nothing. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. They, he goes for it, and it doesn't matter what's happening. Michael Douglas could be laying on the couch watching television, and it's go. It's got oh. the mysterious neo noir uh, strings going. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I I said that we thought this is a prestige film. I don't know. It's a pulp film. It doesn't no, have war, warlocks and wizards and dragons in it, but it's not a very. It's not like. Uh, it wasn't I, I would have thought surely like from its reputation that like someone got nominated for an Oscar. There was some right. kind of like, you nope. know, screenplay or supporting ro- nothing no. because no this awards. movie is essentially a sexy Robocop or it's Red or Shoe sexy Diaries. Starship Troopers. It's, it's a long episode yes. of Red Shoe Diaries. It, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's funny because uh, as a kid, you know, obviously this is this was anathema to a witness household. This is everything that's wrong. Yeah. You know, just rampant drug use, gays. There's like all like, you know, right. premarital, postmarital sex, drinking, smoking. It's 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 all it's got it's got everything. <laughs> they have an objection Mas- to masturbation. Postmarital sex is not allowed. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's intramarriage sex is the only thing post and pre oh. not right out. That's not the loophole. You can marry a woman, divorce her, have as much sex as you want. That's not how that works. If it's you're always um, buried in the eyes of the Lord, right? No. Yeah. Uh, 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 masturbation. You know, uh, Douglas has shown off his calluses. Mm-hmm. It's just all uh, nothing. Nothing good. Um, but I remember this movie was parodied a lot. Yeah. In fact, like I think it's Hot Shots Part Do does part. Yeah does a lot of like shot for shot remakes of some of these sex scenes with the scarf and like, you know, she's riding him and you think she's going to kill. What is it, Emilio Estevez? And no, it's Charlie Sheen. Like a chicken? Is a that a screwdriver? No, it's a screwdriver okay. because the headboard was squeaking and she like tightens it up and it's like, is that better? <laughs> oh my God. Um, and she does but like, they do you that know, within this movie too. It's not I like know. that's, it's a parody of itself. Three times yeah. they fake out an ice pick death. Holy yeah. shit. So Yeah. I but what I'm saying is like when and this that that scene mm-hmm. is like the first thing that happens in the movie. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, this is this is a this is a this movie is a joke. So I if 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 this, you know, if I huh. this movie is more serious than I gave it credit for, then I stand corrected. But I went in kind of thinking like, oh, that this movie is a, a bit of a farce. Oh, let, um, let me ask you this. Did you when that scene was happening and, and she's she's banging this uh, Joby, Joby, whatever the fuck his name is, Joffrey, I think. John Bon Jovi. Yeah. yeah John, when she's banging John Bon Jovi uh, and she kills him with the ice pick. Did you get the shot where she stabs it through his face? Yes. OK, because I think that's a director's cut from what I read. Like, that's not in the theatrical cut. Because it was one well, of the scenes they had to pull to not get the uh, NC-17 rating, but I could be wrong It was a pretty intense that. scene because I couldn't, uh, I didn't care enough to rewind and pause, but like, it, you could have believed, I would have believed that that was a real guy's face, that they composited her just like mm-hmm. knife picking a dump, because it looked very realistic. It does, yeah. Uh, as it was happening. And it's um, a real quick okay. shot. So. Well, it's funny because I looked because I wasn't sure and I saw the director's cut was uh, uh, 129 minutes and the or actual release is 129 minutes. So apparently the uh-huh. director's cuts literally to 13 seconds they put back in. Yeah, it's 45 seconds longer from what I read. Is it 45 seconds? I thought yeah. it was OK. So maybe they threw in a couple extra uh, shots of Michael Douglas's bean bag hanging down between his legs. This is a <laughs> sure. lot of, That's what it is. Just close ups from behind. A lot of bean bag in, in uh, the movie, too. Um, so I give a like for people that want to kind of know the gist of the movie. Should I give a, a recap? I guess you know what this is. But yes, yes. If you're 20, you might not know what this movie is. 
there's a violent murder the police have discovered where someone has tied a rich gentleman to a headboard and ice picked him to death. Uh, in a way exactly described by a leading murder mystery writer, Catherine, played by uh, Rebe- uh, Rebecca Stone. Sharon. <sighs> Sharon Stone, thank you, Becky. Uh, no, uh, Sharon Stone and uh, Michael Douglas is the lead investigator who has had, it turns out, a long history of shooting people, perhaps under the influence of alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh and she is the prime suspect because she was also dating this guy or as she explains it fucking. And it turns out that she's also bisexual, which is woo. And she's very highly educated, went to Berkeley. She's mm-hmm. a psychologist. So she plays with people's minds. And, you know, is Michael Douglas investigating her? Or is she investigating him? She's and it's basically the whole movie is did she kill this guy? And then. Uh, every five minutes, they'll be like, definitively, she killed him. And then five minutes later, but did she? Tee-hee? And yeah. it's, that's that's the, the way the 129 minutes go with about every 15 minutes. You'll get uh, a lavish several minute long sex scene of Michael Douglas sucking tit and <laughs> mouth and muff mm-hmm. and 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 thrusting and looking fear. Yeah, the I- sex in this is a little weird at times, like. Mm-hmm. Some of it's some of it's hot. Some of it's good. But like there's this weird motion that Sharon Stone does when she's reaching for the ice pick behind her. She's yes. like thrusting in this weird, like herky jerky yeah. way that couldn't get anyone off, let alone. Yeah, Sharon Stone your, and your, your, your penis is at negative 56 degrees. Uh, blast off would be quite impossible at that angle. But it's just uh, yeah, it's just the way she's moving is weird. But granted, she's reaching for an ice pick for murder. I don't think she's concerned right. about the way she's moving. Right. One, one out of and then did she did she ever reach for an ice pick at any point in this movie to kill anyone? I don't know. Oh, That's a good point. Know. Like she's as she's doing that herky jerky bullshit. In the non-sexual uh-huh. motion, Michael Douglas uh-huh. is thinking, "I'm having the fuck of the century." So, what do I right, know? Right. Maybe, maybe yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's true. Maybe World she class. knows what she's doing. Uh, yeah, that's the movie. Um, and it keeps it keeps you guessing until uh the the very very last scene. Um, so I guess let's talk about this film. Um, there's a lot of stuff that like Michael Douglas. They talk about him being a damn fine cop and a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies, a lot of television show where you see a damn fine cop that's consumed with their demons. You know, they're doing mm-hmm. blow on the side or they're doing too much alcohol. They're having reckless sex that's in that's harming their marriage and their career and all this stuff. I don't know why Michael Douglas is considered a good cop. I don't think he makes a single like well-founded, well-researched, uh, meticulous observation in this whole film. In fact, the first movie, the first scene of him is kind of bumbling around the crime scene. Like this is some Ace Ventura shit. He accidentally bumps the stereo and it turns on real loud music as the coroner's trying to give the gory details and everybody looks at him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a fuck up. Um, everyone yeah. calls him shooter, but it's derisively because he's had like <laughs> five bad shoots in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost a parody because like there's this subplot of him being investigated by the internal affairs department. And there's a police psychologist assigned to his case. And you find out that he's been fucking her. I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand yeah, alone. the conflict of interest. Yeah. And then later in the movie, like she says, oh, I've been off the sauce and smoking. And like literally 10 minutes later, she walks into a bar, a cop bar and he's pounding Jack Daniels and smoking. 
But then later that night they have sex. But like he also it's non-consensual sex that uh, this guy. What? Why is he? Why is he a good cop? I couldn't really tell you. Maybe it's because he just won't let it go. Right. He's one of those cops that like gets a hunch and he runs that hunch into the ground. uh, He runs it all the way down. Um, And the other cops weren't willing to do that. Right. They brought her in. She passed the lie detector. Okay, she's free to go. But he knows better. Yeah. That intuition. Yeah. It's it's why because also like it seems like everyone on the force hates him too. Like everybody even except the one partner, guy who's yeah. the, but the even cowboy. his partner. And by by the last half of the movie, once mm-hmm. he finds out that he's literally fucking the chief murder suspect, he's just like I, this guy like has long tirades about what a dumb fuck this guy yeah. is. He can't <laughs> Which he's it. absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like some of the stuff. It's like so like I. I again, I feel like Michael Douglas potentially could be the the a co-villain of this film. And I also want to wonder if it's like because I'm I was trying to count the potential murder victims that she has. If you count her parents. okay, so heavy spoilers here. If she killed her parents, if she killed her boyfriend and she killed a college professor and then she murdered the roommate, I think they imply that. She has five deaths, and I think Michael Douglas has five shoots, too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there is this intentional parallel, and it's the same kind yeah. of justification. Well, I'm just doing it for my job. It's just research. I'm, and Michael Douglas is like, well, I, 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 yeah. I think they're doing something here that's like. I, I, I don't know, because I can't tell if this movie is about whether or not Sharon Stone is a murderer. Because like the whole movie, I'm thinking, oh yeah, she's clearly a murderer. But I don't know if that's because of my knowledge of the movie from, you know, pop culture osmosis over the last uh, 25 right. years or whatever. Or if that's because the movie is is leading me down that path. But I also get the feeling like the movie is just trying to depict a man who is a certain type of guy who is able to be seduced by a certain type of woman. and that is like the point of the movie. It's not necessarily about the murders. It's about the seduction itself. But it all is, of it is so like nebulous. It doesn't ever quite put its stamp on it. Yeah, it is funny because like this woman leads these men like uh, Sharon Stone leads the all the men in this movie around by their noses, like even the ones that are like 100 yeah. percent sure they're like there's a there's a great scene where Michael Douglas, I think is 100% convinced he's going to die. And there's abundant opportunity to stop the thing from happening. It's like, it's like Joker's putting Batman into the sawmill to split him in half. And Batman's just kind of looking there with fear and lust in his eyes. Again, Godzilla versus King Kong. God damn it. <laughs> shot for shot remake of the scene I'm talking about. She's uh-huh. scratching his back, drawing blood. He's like, Oh my God. She rolls on top of him. She's, she's, she's looking at his eyes. She's like, are you going to stop me? This is exactly how the movie started. Uh-huh. You're getting tied up and I got something here in my sheets and I'm going to like, it, but it's, I don't, it's, um, I, it, I couldn't I tell you think, why she doesn't kill him in this. Well, movie. the thing is, is like, I can, I can kind of understand getting led around by a man or woman. If you have a relationship with them and you're invested into it, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I've never had uh, the fuck of the century, but it just seems right. insane to me. That like a person can make you come so good that you're going to throw all this shit out the window to chase it. Um, I think he's that's like implies that he's just kind of a 
an insecure chump, right? Like, yeah, or and that's what I mean. Like, I, you, I don't, have you ever heard of the phrase "bitch made"? Like, I feel like that's that's you could you could throw this at at Michael Douglas in this movie. It's it's not a it's not a good simp. Hmm. He's he's simping okay. for the yeah. the serial killer pussy. Sure. I you know I it's 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 not a good look. It's we're not now, a good look. We're now kicked off Twitch. Thanks for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not use it as an insult. It was just a term to describe the character. Yeah, yeah you I think that's the talked about Michael Douglas. It's not, it's not, it's not a pattern. Michael coor- Douglas. It's not a court. It's not a pattern coordinated harassment. <laughs> okay. Well, we are going pretty hard on this movie and Michael Douglas in this that's, movie. That's true. That's true. So that's true. Uh, yeah, man. I I don't know. I, I think it's about like he he's seduced by whatever this woman has and the charms of Sharon Stone are pretty much lost on me. Like I get it. She's a gorgeous woman. I'm I'm not going to deny that, but she's just not my type. She's like the glamorous type, right? The model type. I mean, she was a model before this, right? Uh, I I don't know. Cause she was 35. Um, and I know, I think she'd done a few things before. This is the thing. Jesus Christ. I did. This is the thing that put her on the map. Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell is from, from and then she the did yeah, a few other things. Casino. We talked about that. And I think I think I said, Amazing. yeah, she's like, I recognize that she's gorgeous. I'm just not that into her. Mm. Uh, but Michael Douglas, that the character, Nick, is very much into her. And I think like he doesn't. I don't know. They, they play it like all the men in this movie are into her. Like you said, like uh, if you look at the interrogation scene, right? The, the oh leg crossing God. scene. Uh, High comedy. Yeah. I mean, w- Wayne Knight is basically salivating he, he's dripping from the mouth as she crosses and yeah, you've seen her jim carrey in the mask when he sees uh, uh cameron diaz for the first time and uh, he turns into a cartoon wolf his and his tongue rolls up tongue, yeah yeah sure. like like he's uh wayne knight is swallowing his tongue uh his eyes are popping out of his head it's it's crazy yeah yeah uh, and so, michael douglas is not any better like every no, man no. in this interrogation is just like visibly sweating breathing heavy the camera work is lurid uh-huh like you're just swinging and pushing into people's faces and stuff it's it's wild so let's talk real quick about that scene because that's the scene right that's the scene that this everybody scene. if you know anything about basic instinct you know that sharon stone uncrosses her legs and you get to see sharon's stone yeah um mm-hmm. uh, apparently according to sharon uh, Stone, she was not aware that you were actually going to be able to see anything and that she was told this will be hidden in shadow and not right. to worry the, the about it. And then, she was wearing... Go ahead and tell us. I'm sorry. She, she only found out that uh, you could see everything in a screening of this movie after it was edited and everything, which is fucking horrifying, I would think. Oh, I can't even imagine like um, because there's a lot, you know, that's the thing. Like we talked about this before, how directors sometimes just fuck with the stars to get better performances or whatever. But this seems very predatory. Yeah. Um, The way Sharon tells it and there's been no rebuttal refutation of it. Mm -hmm. uh, She was wearing like white panties on the set, the match her dress. And they wanted the scene. She knew that scene was going to be in it, but it was going to be the implication and um, uh, Verhoeven said, ah, there's a problem. The panties are just like super bright on the camera and it, we can tell that you're and it's 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 robbing the scene of effect. So take it off. It's like super dark. No one can see it. But super obvious and visible. And they yeah. insisted to like, you know, uh, I guess it was there uh, that there was like, I don't know, no vag clause in her contract, whatever. And, and, and she found out, as you said, the night of the premiere. 
that that's what happened. And mm-hmm. she's like, she, I guess she slapped Verhoeven. She stormed out and immediately called her lawyer. But then like, you know, when you read her like stream of consciousness about it, it's about like, Oh God, what is it going to look like if, because she did fight for this role. Verhoeven fought for her for the studio. Cause she, you know, like there was a lot of like, she had a lot of mutual yeah. respect and stuff and that he lied to her really was a wound, but also something in the context of like, well, what could this film mean for me? Like it, it's, it's, it's the same decision process that many, many actors, yeah. Actresses made before her that led to such a, you know, um, I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's the actress's fault, no, but they no. made a lot of rational decisions uh, for their career and for their art that led to people getting away with shit like this and yeah. worse. Um, so it, yeah, it's the biggest scene in the movie and it's, uh, it was, it was filmed without the actress's consent. Yeah. That's, uh, it was surprising to me because I always thought that this was some kind of weird empowerment scene for women. Right. Let's the, the, I I don't know. It it just, it totally changed my perspective on what I thought this scene was seeing it and reading about the aftermath of it. Yeah. It's supposed to be this big power. You're you're right. A power fantasy of a woman who has complete control of these men and she's flexing on them intellectually. She's flexing on them like from a status because she's wealthier and more accomplished than all these men. And she's you teasing them and all that stuff. And, and you know, the thing is, it's like they did it for, and for what? For a half second of vagina, like as a 44 year old man that's seen a share of vaginas at this point, like, <laughs> well, the, the effect no. would be 100 percent the same if it was just like visibly uncrossed and that area, area had been shadowed in. Right. I, like, no, no, you don't think the, it, the, not don't on, think the scene not plays its out effect the in the media, not its effect on her career, okay, you're not right its about effect that. on culture like it. This movie was only talked about because of that scene, because you could. And I am see. talking about this in 2021 as a 44. Yeah, sure. So right, right. I, I guess, in, in the 90s, huh. this was talked about everywhere. Um, like you, like you said, yeah. it was parodied everywhere. It was, it kind of made Sharon Stone's career. I mean, she was in Total Recall before this, which is probably the highest profile thing she had done, uh, which is another mm-hmm. Paul Verhoeven movie. Mm-hmm. But after this, you know, she went on to do a lot of other big movies, and I think it's because right. of the fame she got from that scene and mm-hmm. I imagine it's probably yeah like you said complicated for her personally um, mm-hmm. but yeah it, it wouldn't have been the same if if people weren't talking about it as like oh my god did you see that scene yeah Um, this movie it does this kind of infuriating thing where it comes up with the twin hypothesis that's stated nakedly at the end of the first act I have Steven Tobolowsky in there Right. He's the criminal profiler. And he's like, well, because because they've got this thing where they, they said that, hey, apparently this is an author. Her boyfriend was killed in the exact same manner. And, you know, uh, as as someone killed in the book and you get the Michael Douglas immediately goes out and buys the book and he calls his partner page 67. She doesn't with the ice pick like smoking gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get Tobolowsky in here. He's like, well, there's only two possibilities. <laughs> OK, sure. there's two possibilities. The person who wrote this book is your murderer or it's someone who is wants to harm the writer. So you're going to deal with some devious, diabolical mind or someone with a deep seated, irrational hatred. Either way, they have an utter disrespect for human life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they flip between like those exact hypothesis for the rest of the movie. 
But I was also struck because I wrote this down because I thought it'd be important is like that Michael Douglas displays all of these abilities too. sure. You know, that is someone that wants to like he because he vacillates between someone who's obsessed with the writer and someone who wants to bring the writer down. He has a devious, diabolical mind. He exploits people. He manipulates people. He lies to gain an advantage. Uh, he uses physical force to 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 cow people and threaten even people in his own police, even people in internal affairs. He mm-hmm. almost goes down for the murder of a cop because yeah. it's so believable that he would have like got coked up and shot this guy in the face. Mm-hmm. Um there's this scene where Sharon Stone is like going down. What is that? U.S. Highway number one. Yeah. Let's talk about it's a disregard so, for human life. Yeah. And I'm like. She's instigating it because she's in the mm-hmm. turns out Lotus and and he's in the shit box. But like he keeps chasing her. And I'm like, yeah. that's like this this utter disrespect for human life. And like his nonchalant about like, oh, it was a shooting. People got caught in the crossfire. Like, fuck, man, you're supposed to make sure of your target what's behind the target. That's like what rule four of gun of, of the this laws of safe discharge of a firearm. Hmm. It, I just felt like, again, intentionally, this movie is painting Michael Douglas as like the twin villain. Oh, and yeah. they also also crucial, crucially, um, Sharon Stone shacks up with many murderers mm-hmm. throughout the film. Every person she makes a personal connection to is a is a multiple murderer. And then Michael Douglas at the end. Yeah. And the other thing is like, I can't believe how many people write these goddamn definitive whodunits. And they mentioned the ice pick at the end as like the definitive proof that Sharon Stone was the murderer of all these people and was going to murder Michael, Michael uh, Douglas. But I'm not sure. Because like at that point, I think she's just uh, she's just considered him one of her murderers that she's going to hang out with the rest of her life. Right. And, and that's that's the question that I have is like, why doesn't she murder him? Because I don't I don't think the movie ever tells me why she doesn't. She doesn't want to. He's no longer a threat to her. She doesn't want to just that's like, what, what is the line they have where it's like, oh, we're going to make love or we're going to fuck like minxes fuck like and, minx. yeah. and, and have punch kids out like movie tickets or some shit sure yeah and she's like ah no movie tickets and he's like okay no movie tickets just fuck like Uh mixes uh is that like is that her having a change of heart is that her just like i'll I'll have one more fuck of the century before i murder this guy tomorrow night well the other thing is like i freeze framed on it and i couldn't see any blood on the ice pick we know she has an ice pick she uses it all the time to chop up ice so it's like yeah, yeah, this, you know, panning, she's like she she awkwardly reaches for uh, like I, I wrote one guy's like, well, she tried to reach for the ice pick and she couldn't find it. But this is just impl- it fell on the ground. And this is just implicating that, like, Michael Douglas is going to be dead sooner or later. This is a fatal attraction kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think she might have just got drunk and chipped up ice and just, you know. <laughs> or like as they're fucking around, they violently fuck around the apartment. It gets flung over. Cause like, what am I supposed to believe? Yeah. She had it right there. And that thing clatters to the floor. And Michael Douglas, like what's going on? <laughs> Minx. You know, she, she violently comes back with it. like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this movie is very much a Rorschach test or the Vorhoven, Verhoeven mm. thinks it's a Rorschach test. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, what do you do? You, if you hate women and lesbians and you're going to automatically, if you think that she's just a smart person who's interested in the darker aspects of human nature as a novelist, as a crime writer and as a psychologist, and she befriends these people who have done these things, but her herself not take a part of it. Um, 
But the on the other hand, how the hell did Jean Triplehorn know to be at that building and kill this dude in the way that she did? Right. Because the say, only oh, reason she my- left me a message, but then the message isn't on her machine. Maybe she deleted it, but the tape was brand new, not even used. So. And, you know, we saw the ending of the book being literally fresh off the printer. Like it's like uh-huh. it, that part was being printed on the line printer. Now, I mean, the other thing is like maybe she sent she mail emailed her a copy or something. Um, but I, you know, as I said, yeah. the movie's got this kind of like. But why would Schrodinger's box? You don't mail the psychopath who's been trying to pretend to be you for the last five plus years or whatever a copy of mm-hmm. your manuscript to check out so they can recreate a murder right. <laughs> that you wrote about in your book and frame you like you don't do that. That's, but would she steal it? Would she, would, would she have access to Sharon Stone's house so she could go and steal it? Or would she have a piece of spyware? I mean, I guess it's 93. Nobody was really thinking in those terms back then. No, and the movie but certainly doesn't. I mean, it's just so, so lined up to like open and shut. Like if it wasn't for that line where Gene Triplehorn said, oh, yeah, my lock's been broken. I have had a hard time like it'd be no for sure she killed because I still don't understand. She shows up there and like Michael Douglas got a gun on her and she knows all the background of like what's been going on with uh, Catherine and her and Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. And she just she refuses to show her hands. Yeah. And then she like violent like she she pulls a she pulls a I mean we did, this a, is a grand, she pulls a Grand, grand Torino. Torino on yes. him yeah <laughs> yes I'm like you know it's like I'm I'm usually like yeah you you know make the bad shoot and I'm I'm hard on cops but on the other hand like if you got a gun in your face and someone's saying slowly take your hands out of your pocket and you're like I can't mm-hmm. fucking believe you're doing this I can't fucking as you're slowly advancing with your pocket bulging <laughs> towards them then you vi- like I mean Jesus I might shoot you and I'm not inclined yeah. to, to do that it's it's dark he couldn't tell if he had a gun and I don't know I it it's uh it was absurd it was absurd and then. <sighs> The 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 final way they shot that, like I can't believe he had the balls to do it. Um, I, and in fact, like I'm not sure now that you've raised the specter of this being the director's edition. Does did the theatrical release have both of those endings where she she violently rolls over and just cuddles him, and then it goes fades to black, mm. and then it comes back in. You have a six second shot of the same thing from a different direction, and and the thing pans to show a uh, ice pick underneath the bed. I don't know if there's multiple endings to this thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't read about any multiple endings. I, I will say uh, ice picks. I, I don't get them. I don't get ice picks. Like every time they whip out this ice pick and a block ice, I'm thinking, but you're just ruining your countertop. A, <laughs> you got a bunch of stab stab marks all over your countertop. And B, there's ice going everywhere. You lose half the ice to the floor. This is the worst way to make ice. And it, it's like, you, look, you have one hundred and ten million dollars or whatever it is. Get a fucking ice maker. You she don't... likes sharp edges, Jim. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> she says say that. that I like I like jagged edges. And I and, and I grew up in a house with an ice pick. And I will Why? say it's like so we had we had the ice molders uh-huh. and then we had the ice bin Scullies. and oh. every once in a while the ice in the bin would melt together and they'd fuse into blocks and you had to use that ice pick. Now, I always use we always use it inside the container, you know, so the ice does. But you yeah, chips ice would fly because it's kind of a violent process. But yeah, I didn't I didn't think. But now I wouldn't just have like giant blocks of ice that I'm, you know, 
pickaxing because I want sharp edges, but <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm not, I'm not, I've never it. been accused of being Sharon Stone. Just, just yeah. make cubes. Cubes are better. Um, there's just some hilarious scenes in there. This too, like, um, you know, I used the, the SIMP word, but like, I love the scene where Michael Douglas comes in and said, declares to Sharon Stone that like, that ah, is a fuck of the century. And she's laughs in his face. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? Um, you don't think so? She's, she's like, did you not hear me say that this other like rock and roller spent a year and a half getting good at pleasing my pussy? And you think you <laughs> you think you think you set the, the high score on the first night? What the fuck is maybe for you? Because I yeah. put the fear of I put the I, I was Godzilla to your King Kong and you didn't know whether I was going to breathe <laughs> atomic fire down your throat or not. But also, I, I don't oh, know. I breathe down his HPV down your throat. What? Uh, I'm not sure if this rocker could have given her the fuck of the century because apparently he's a rocker with no criminal record. Like he's in the fucking Eagles or something. What <laughs> rocker do you know that doesn't have a criminal record? Has at least like yeah, smashed just, up a hotel room or yeah, drunk right. drive a few times. Oh God. Yeah. Like she's, she's yeah. Uh huh. Like she's fucking yeah, not, be, not, not even Don Henley. Cause at least Don Henley did drugs. Don, like Donnie Osborne. She's like, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, rock and roll X rock and roll. So the guy, guy from the monkeys or some shit. Like I, yeah, I don't buy don't that. Count. He was giving her the fuck of the century either. This ain't Axel. This ain't Axel Rose. No. Um, but uh, I also love where he's I think he goes in before three different internal affairs boards in this movie. And the last one, like he sits down and like right off the bat, they're like, uh, hey, tell us about your parents growing up. He's like, let's just get let's just get to the uh, the, the chase. Number one, yeah. I didn't hate my dad even after I figured out what he and mommy were doing in the bathroom. <laughs> Number two, I haven't wet the bed in a really long time. Number three, I don't look in the toilet before I flush. Number four, go fuck yourself. And he just gets up and storms out. Like, how does this guy it. have a badge? I how does this guy have a badge? He I don't know. Like this, this is t- this is the first question. Ten seconds in. Again, multiple internal affairs investigations for wrongful shootings and bad mm-hmm. shoots and, you know, fucking a murder victim and mm-hmm. raping an internal affairs investigator, psychologist. It's uh, oh, God, it's like laugh out loud. Funny. Um, yeah. And then the the reveal of Lisa Hoberman being Gene Triplehorn, I thought was another ridiculous detail. Like it's a, like it played out like an Ace Ventura reveal, you know, <laughs> Triple horn is Hoverman. Yes. Hoverman yes. is triple horn. Hoverman is triple horn. It was literally like that, <laughs> minus the transphobia. Right, right. Plus the biphobia. I, yeah, it's it's huh. uh uh I in the way it was shot and filmed was oh my god, it's it is so funny. And also like when his partner finally dies. <laughs> oh no. All I could think is what this guy must be thinking as he's lying there slashed to death by either the psychologist that Michael Douglas has mind fucked into doing this or the criminal suspect that you have been for the last half of the movie saying you're a dumb fuck. You're going to get burnt for this. You're going to go down for this. And you're the one that 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 holds the butcher's bill at the end and you're yeah. looking up and Michael Douglas is just looking at you like well this is another thing that's happening to me in this movie <laughs> like can you imagine he's like blood just blah 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 and Michael Douglas like oh god damn it now I guess maybe she uh, this best pussy I've ever had maybe may murder pussy I don't know yeah another data point 
Yeah. And the, the constant death baiting at the end, they pull the uh, the Schrodinger's ice pick, I think, three times in the last five final minutes of them, uh, you know, doing the, the closing fucking of the scene. It's a it's a it's a tour de force tour de farce performance, I thought. <laughs> You talked about Michael Douglas being a sex symbol, and I, I kind of knew that he was in the '90s. But also, when Sharon Stone is out on the dance floor, and she's like basically beckoning him to dance with her, I'm like, "There's no fucking way Michael Douglas is going to have a even a single move. This man won't dance. It's impossible." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered The Breakfast Club, and I thought. You know, if he pulled that out right now, she'd probably go Starts home. Starts doing him. cartwheels and uh-huh, shit. The punches. Uh-huh. <laughs> the cartwheels. I'm, I'm like, okay, he's either not going to dance a single bit, which he doesn't. He doesn't dance at all. Uh, or he's going to do that dance. He's leaned and did the rock away. I thought that scene was hilarious because they walk in and this is literally an unlicensed version of the Mortal Kombat theme that they're playing for the duration of this scene. It just does like something slightly different at the end. Um, and he he shows up looking like a dad chaperoning a high school dance. Like yes. this is a high fashion, like what is it? What is a studio 21 type of deal? Like, like where everyone's like dressed yeah. to kill and they're all some kind of like goth or high model or glam. And he's wearing this like almost the next generation Wesley Wesley Crusher get up. Uh huh. You know, yeah, like this is, this is like fancy. what? Yeah, this is this is fifty. And the thing I Michael Douglas is in is late mid mid to late fifties in this movie. Um, Gee, everybody's yeah. twenty years older than I think they are in this movie. Christ. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there is that. But like, I just thought that's like again. Does this movie know that this guy is deeply uncool? Um, and I, I, I the only reason that like obviously the only reason that Sharon Stone's attracted to him is because he's a, he's the shooter. Right. Um, I did buy like, I don't know, because that's the other pretty damning piece of evidence. Like what? Why would Gene Triplehorn arrange to sell all of this guy's information to the eternal affairs guy to give to Sharon Stone months before they even start having the affair? Like that's but that yeah. that, that works if it's Sharon Stone just doing research on the guy. She gets fascinated by like, I want to write that next book because it's the guy shooting people. It doesn't require Michael Douglas getting directly involved with her, but uh, yeah, I don't know why she would give up that information. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I have questions about. Um, let's let's talk real quick about Roxy, who tries to at some point murder Michael Douglas. Right? She gets so jealous of of this bisexual uh, woman's relationship with a man that she mm-hmm. tries to run him down in in mm-hmm. the lotus the lesbian rage is well documented just as deadly exotic sports car right mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. they come out of this I, I i can't remember if this is a scene right after they come out of this country western bar or whatever and they go to a diner and he's you know his buddy is like talking oh d- d- g- p- pussy something in the the diner mm-hmm. everybody's looking mm-hmm. at him kind of funny scene i don't know i i chuckled but then michael douglas walks out of this place Magnum cum laude, laude pussy is what he was shouting. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Magnum cum laude, laude pussy. He he walks out of this place. It's it's pitch black outside. There's not a sound in the street. There's no hustle and bustle out there. It's it's quiet. And this 
Roxy character prowls up behind him, sneaks up behind him as silent as can be in a fucking exotic sports car. A car that's probably got 12 cylinders and about 150 decibels. Snarling like 12 Panthers back there. And he's walking like he doesn't hear a damn thing until she (laughs) revs, intentionally revs the engine behind him. I'm like, you Uh cannot sneak up on somebody in a Lamborghini equivalent. You can't do it. Uh, Maybe she had that uh, Night Industries 2000 Knight Rider stealth mode operator that that, the kit could always switch into. You know, just just really super baffle those. those and pipes. then he chases her down in a fucking Ford. Uh, cheap he does Ford so much work in that brown Econo box, man. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Yeah, up he's the got stairs. like a late 80s Chevy Malibu. He's chasing this, like chasing exotic sports cars down twisty high, highways. And <laughs> I, like I read said, driving up and down stairs. I read that Michael Douglas drove up these stairs three times in preparation for this. Like he just go out at night. He actually did this and stunt? drive up these stairs. That, that's what I read. Are you, are you fucking with me? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay. I think it's in the Wikipedia article. He, yeah, he drove up these what? stairs. One thing I thought was smart about this movie. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say it. One thing that was mildly clever about this movie is when we first introduced to Roxy, I actually thought it was Sharon Stone because it was, yeah, it was yeah. shot dark and they had very similar kind of like a lot of back here and like facial structure, facial, facial structure and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, oh, wow, Sharon Stone's got a really different look in this movie. She's like, you know, um, a little bit. Uh, I don't know. uh sopranos side girl yeah um but then then they show it's oh it's actually and i'm like huh that's interesting when they did the same thing with gene Triplehorn when they showed her old like um berkeley photo she had like long blonde hair like sharon stone i'm like okay this is kind of interesting that they're doing this intentional like well if you saw this in a darkened hallway would you know it was Catherine or would you know it was roxy or would you know it was beth and they're kind of was able yeah. to switch the the focus because at first you thought is Roxy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, then I don't know. I, like I said, it's I say it's clever, but it's just like I, I think Roger Ebert got it wrong because at the last the last slot of the crossword puzzle was like a three letter word that starts with B and ends with T. And you're not sure if it's bat or bot and you'll never be sure. Mm hmm. Because the 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 last clue is so fucking. I don't know how you could get between bat and bot. I don't know, uh, ro- like robot with echolocation or something. I'm not sure how you could, but bat, like bat that's what it felt bit. like to me. And the clue yeah. is just small teeth. <laughs> it's kind of how I felt about it at the end of um, uh, uh, what was that? What was the last um? Christopher Nolan movie Tenet mm-hmm. where it's like you know another watch and I could probably have this down cold but I got no desire to give this thing another watch yeah I'm not gonna watch this again yeah. you can see kind of- uh, Sheridan Stone's character from this movie in another movie did you know that she's the, the character Catherine Trammell is in Last Action Hero briefly oh my god um, I kind of yeah, that sounds correct. I really like Last Action Hero. I wish we'd I've never we seen it, it sometime. We will, yeah, sometime. It's so I don't know if it's good. I really liked it as a teenager, uh, as a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and as a big fan of like eighties action movies. It was like a really fun takedown of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, uh, she's also straight up in. There's a sequel to Basic Instinct, Basic Instinct Two, which I kind of want to watch now. Yeah, it was made um, fourteen years later. 
which I guess yeah, put Sharon Stone it? in her late seventies. I don't know <laughs> because nah, I, she's only in her I late. I thought 50s, she was in her. Late I looked that up when I, we saw her in the New movie. Pope this year. She was like in her late fifties, so she's still. Huh. Uh, so, so I guess she'd have been in her late forties, right? Oh, probably. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Basic Instinct two. When was that thing made? Two thousand two thousand six, right? Yeah, yeah. But who who did it? Like who? It's directed by Michael Caton Jones. Like so, nobody nobody that was involved in the original. I was like, if it's Paul Verhoeven, it's a it's a must see. But yeah, um, I no, this strikes me as there. like a cash in sequel mm-hmm. on whatever residual it's fame was left. David Morrissey, the governor. Oh, Is really? Michael Douglas in this thing, I guess. Oh boy. And the, the 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 yeah the okay the uh the poster is her with her legs about to be uncrossed, <laughs> sitting in a chair. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you got anything more you want to say about this movie, Basic Instinct? Nope, I'm good. I yeah, I don't think a, this is a great movie. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I I think it's a messy movie. That I I think it's a lot. Again. It's a lot like a lot of Verhoeven's work. It's inappropriate. It transgresses boundaries. It's highly satirical. And it's a lot of fun to watch under the influence of various, um, you know, th- things. Uh, but just watching it straight up as a prestige film, no. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was expecting kind of like some really interesting twists and turns. And then I'm like, Oh fuck. It's a Paul Verhoeven. I, I got schnookered. I got schnookered by all the, the over, over, um, uh, the overemphasis on the snatch stuff. Cause you're right. Mm-hmm. This, this film, the only reason it loomed large in my mind is because of all the controversy. And yeah. this film is just not even that controversial. It's just, it's just dumb and cliched, but very well shot. So, yeah. So next time for prestige, we're going to come back with the, the film Amadeus, which I've seen in the last six months and thought r- was r- held up really well. It's really interesting story. Um, I don't think the historicity, it's more of a histiography. Um, but it's uh, about Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his uh, intense rivalry with uh, this other com- uh, composer in the French courts. Uh, I think his name is Scolari. And uh, hmm. it's 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 played by what's that guy? A- F. F. Lee Murphy Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. Uh, yeah. F. Murray. Yeah. F. Lee Murray Abraham. The second plays Scolari. And it's just a it's a hmm. great performance. Uh, I don't want to say too much of the spoiler, but it's it's really it's a really absorbing, watchable film, uh, and I can't wait to talk about it next week. That's what we're gonna. And I, that is a prestige film. That actually got got a lot of got a lot of critical buzz. A lot. It won some awards and, and such. That so scene where we'll F. Murray Abraham uncrosses his legs. Holy <laughs> shit! It's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> Reveals the full Murray. Yeah, the full Murray. Yeah. yeah. And then the Lee too. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about that. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.